Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only color fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We love our dogs. They love to race. Check out grnz.co.nz for everything New Zealand Greyhounds. This is Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski, Andy McCook and Ricardo Ball on ECNZ. Uh, yes, a very good morning. It's time for Dog Speed to talk all things greyhound racing. Mark Rosanowski here this morning. I have a very special guest with me as well. We're going to have a bit of a commentator's theme here today because my first guest is uh, a man who has been the voice of greyhound racing in Christchurch for more than four decades and he is going to be hanging up the binoculars in a couple of weeks' time. I speak of Trevor Wilkes and then at the end of the programme I'm going to have a chat with uh, Philippa Morris. Now, Philippa the first uh, female commentator to call a full meeting here in New Zealand, which she did uh, at Cambridge Raceway Thursday, just gone. And then in between times, we'll catch up with uh, Michael Dorr from Greyhound Racing New Zealand, the racing racing operations and uh, welfare manager, just to catch up on a few things. We're going to talk about uh, preferential box draws with uh, Michael and how that is going at the moment, plus a few feature races that are coming up over the next few weeks. But... My opportunity first and foremost here on Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand is to welcome in Trevor Wilkes, who's been the voice of Greyhound Racing in Christchurch since 1979. Trevor, good morning to you. Tell us what was the first date of your first commentary for the Christchurch Club. Yeah, good morning, Rosso. And uh, yeah, the first date, uh, my first date was uh, January the 9th, 1979. So... 43 and a half years. It's been oh. a hell of a ride, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. So <clears throat> that was at QE2 Park, and we'll talk about that venue in a minute because the Greyhound track, of course, was built around the outside of the athletic track that was used for the 1974 Commonwealth Games. But how did you come to be in a position to, to pick up the commentaries there? What actually happened in uh, December, um, uh, December, I, I called in uh, to the Greyhounds. There was, a, there was an on-course-only meeting, and uh, uh, the... Then President uh, Stuart Taylor approached me and uh, he said, aren't you the guy that does the uh, the harness trials on occasions? And I said, yeah, that's me. Uh, he said, how would you like to pick up the microphone? And, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's where I got my lucky break, really. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I called that day and then just shortly after that, uh, um, a contract was sort of made, a, a verbal contract was made that, um, that I call the Christchurch Greyhound Racing meetings on a regular basis so mm. so that's where it all started so January the 9th was actually my first day calling. And things were, were way different back then of course it was only uh, on course uh, betting available at that time the TAB betting didn't kick in till, till 1982 uh, and you were calling sort of um, once a week as well you were doing harness trials you mentioned there so what else were you doing to sort of supplement your, your income and your living? Yeah well actually um um, I wasn't doing harness trials on a regular basis at that time, but um, um, 
I, I was calling Greyhounds and I was working in a in a supermarket actually, okay. and uh, and they gave me the Thursday night off to call the dogs at uh, QE two, mm. uh, which was was quite good. Um, old Reggie Reggie Clarkson, he was a good boss, I tell yeah. you. But yeah. uh, anyway, uh, yeah, that's uh, so that's how it all started really, and uh, yeah, to supplement the income. Um, you know, I I was still working, mm. and I just had that one greyhound meeting as at, at at that stage. Yeah. So so how did you get involved? Was the was there a family interest in racing, or how did it develop? No, there was no family. Uh, it was mainly just schoolmates. Um, I did my last three or four years of schooling over in uh, Sydney. Um, I went to a school at Parramatta, and not far from Rose Hill. Right. And uh, a few of the guys used to go to Rose Hill races, and uh, so I just happened to go along with them one day, and I, you know, I just loved it, you know. Mm. So, uh, uh, so that's where my racing began, really, um, galloping, and then, uh, then I used to go to the hardest meetings, and of course the greyhounds. The greyhounds come later, but uh, uh, the greyhounds were probably more influential to me because there was a guy just up the road that had a few greyhounds, so I used to go and help walk them, etc., and then I ended up going places with them all around New South Wales, it was, it, you know, it was great fun. So uh, that's how my interest become with the Greyhound, really. Let's talk about QE2 Park, because the Christchurch Club was there from after the Commonwealth Games through until 1997, when they moved here to Addington Raceway, and we're in Christchurch today, the pair of us. Um, just tell us about what it was like calling there, because the track was right in front of us, the crowd could get right up to the rail, and back then there were crowds, like significant crowds, and you were calling right up the back of the stand. So so what was it actually like? What was your view like? Yeah, most of the time it was quite good. It was quite clear. Uh, there was only just one race that I can remember uh, very clearly. Um, when Princess Elma came up from Omaru, she was an Omaru train bitch, and um, she used to lo- use up a bit of the track, but uh, she came round the corner so wide, she... She almost touching the outside rail here one day, and I missed her coming up the straight. I thought I'd lost her in the in the court, and I thought she'd fallen or something. But uh, yeah, but um, I I went on to call the second, third, and fourth dogs past the line, and uh, the judge actually said, "Didn't number eight win that race?" And I said, "I don't know, did it?" <laughs> I said, "I was looking for it at the end, but you know, but I couldn't find it." But yeah. actually, what had happened? She came round the turn so wide. She was almost touching the outside rail, and of course, with the crowd over the rail, I just couldn't see her at all. So, so that was a bit tricky, and uh, you know, thank God that didn't happen too often. <laughs> now, back then, you talk about the photo finish. Um, that was next door to you, up the back of the stand, and it was a photo finish, and there was a a, a print development room, yeah. and it actually used to take quite a while to get the official result. Unbelievable. Um, in some instances, it was six, seven minutes. I'm not joking. It was six, seven minutes before we got the, uh, you know, the judges' call because uh, they had to wait for the, uh, uh, the print to develop, as you said. And uh, you know, technology's got ahead since then. But gee whiz, I remember those days, Rosa. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was incredible. And I remember that you, know, you used to have to sort of hang on for the result. It was quite, you know, it was oh. quite embarrassing at times because there's a crowd there just waiting to know who's yeah. who's won the race. And of course, they're looking up at you, you're thinking that. That you're yeah. the culprit. But <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and some some I remember seeing some of the photo finishes because they used to put them downstairs yeah, after they've yeah. been developed, and um, you know, I mean, some of them were pretty murky to be fair. Yeah, they were. <laughs> we've, we've, we've come a long way since those days, haven't we? Thank yeah. goodness. Yeah. yeah. If yeah. we if we do make a mistake now, Trevor, at, at least we know it quite quickly, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, look, um, in terms of the harness racing and stuff like that, um, 
I know that for uh, a period of time there, you covered for Real Murtha for a number of weeks. He was away, I think, at the Olympics. That's right. He went to the Seoul Olympics in 1988. And I think I went, uh, I think I, I toured for about five or six weeks. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, no, no, it, was, it was a great break I got uh, through there. And uh, I certainly gained a lot of experience uh, calling around Canterbury uh, for that five or six weeks. As, you know, I always, always remember it. Uh, and, uh, yeah, no, it was fantastic. And back then, of course, as we say, it was on course only until 1982. And then we had TAB meetings, but there weren't that many. And um, Peter really used to travel around the country and do all the TAB meetings because he could, because there were so few. And so at uh, times there, if it was a TAB meeting, you'd be calling on course and, and Peter really be calling for Pacific. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, as I said, started in 79 up until about, oh, it might have been in the early 90s, 92, I think it was, 91, 92, somewhere around there. Um, you know, I was just calling on course. Peter really used to come down and do the uh, the Greyhounds for Radio Pacific in those days, and it wasn't until 91, till I got my break, I think it was 91, 91 or 92 anyway, uh, that um, that I got the break doing the uh, Greyhounds for Pacific. Um, you know, so how many years is that? That's around about 11, 12 years uh, doing on course only. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now, of course, in the modern era, uh, you're doing up to four meetings a week here at Christchurch, which actually must be pretty taxing. Oh, it's amazing, isn't it? Four meetings, it is taxing, there's no doubt about that. Um, I was doing four meetings up until a while ago. Andy McCook is actually doing a meeting for me now, uh, which is which is good. Um, because in, because before then, I, I used to do trials as well, and mm. uh, trials and the four meetings, and yeah, doing all the preparation work as well, and all the VTs for the meeting as well. It was just too taxing, really, but... Uh, no, it's um, it's a whole lot different now. Andy's doing a few of the trials for me, and he's stepping in and doing a, a day as well. So no, it's it's much more. Um, you know, it's you know I can get the job done a whole lot more better. Before we leave uh, QE2 Park behind and the memories there, what what were some of the uh, the, the great dogs uh, or or races that you recall from from QE2 Park before they moved here? Yeah, some of the uh, well, I can touch on the dogs. Uh, Lisa Havoc was, uh, you know, when I first started, she was the outstanding greyhound of her time. Uh, she was outstanding. And uh, then, of course, we had um, dogs like Misty Anna, uh, the first $100,000 performer. Micro Spot was a favourite of mine. Mm-hmm. Um, Magic Command, he, he was just fantastic. Uh, trained by Rosemary Blackburn, of course. Uh, he was one of the better dogs to ever to race at QE2. King he, of he QE2, we used to oh, call him, didn't we? Yeah, yeah he was just yeah. outstanding, wasn't he? Uh, Supreme Domino and Gallant Man from Mike Lalliott's Kennel. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were good dogs. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I've missed any or not. Uh, oh, later, of course, um, later, um, Max Matthews uh, brought down oh, two yes. good bitches, mm-hmm. Miss Cutie and Cutie's sister. Yeah. Um, you know, they were... They were very, very good bitches. Yeah, and you speak of Mike and Wendy Lelliot there. They also had Shorty Bijou, and he was a crowd favourite, wasn't he? He was a crowd favourite. Oh, he he was fantastic. He was he was a wide runner, of course. When it, uh, you know, when the turn uh, when the track turned to custard, uh, you know, he just loved it. He just picked them up and dropped them. Uh, he was mm. an outstanding star. He won the cup, of course, didn't he? He did. 
He's a fabulous dog. Um, we're on uh, Dog Speed with Greyhound Racing New Zealand. And check out grnz.co.nz for all the fields and form. Race meeting at uh, Monaco uh, this afternoon. You can catch all the race replays there, the stewards' reports, uh, news information, all available there, grnz.co.nz. My special guest this morning is Trevor Wilkes, and Trevor will be uh, after me again, uh, well, with me again, right after this. Dogs are talking this morning out of uh, Christchurch. I'm in the Christchurch studio with my special guest, uh, Trevor Wilkes. Trevor is going to retire from his uh, long-time commentary position with the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club with TAB Tracks. I'm more latterly back in the early days, uh, Radio Pacific, of course. And uh, Trevor... We moved to Addington Raceway, very close to where we are now, in, in 1997. What do you remember of that very first day, or what was supposed to be the first day here at Addington? Yeah, that's right. Uh, hard to hard to forget, really, isn't it? Uh, but uh, no, it was just a shame. Uh, you know, you've got to feel sorry for the club. But uh, of course, uh, everything went wrong that uh, that first day, didn't it? And uh, you know, after countless number of trials which went perfectly, um, you know, the lure wouldn't, wouldn't run. And uh, oh, it was just an embarrassment, really. But, uh, no, you've got to feel for the club, Ross. <laughs> we had a great crowd. Oh, we did. And, you know, and you know, special guests and that, you know, and, you know, invited guests and that. It was just, oh, it was awful. <laughs> it was. <laughs> we can sort of laugh about it now, but it's 25 years down the track. So we got up and running again the following week, of course, that we didn't have the same number of people or dignitaries or anything like that, but never mind. Do you remember the first race? You seem to have a, a pretty good memory for, for, for who won things. Yeah, I do. I do. Kent Road mm. came right down the outside. A dog from Dave Bush's kennel called Tatiki Tang oh, yeah. came around the turn about three lengths in front, looked home, and then Kent Road just put in this big run. And I remember it collared uh, Tatiki Tank on the line. So, uh, yeah, that's how I remember the uh, the first at Addington. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, Kent Road trained by Craig Roberts. Now, you've owned the odd greyhound, been in a couple of shares with uh, dogs that actually raced out of Craig's kennels at one stage? Yeah, I have, yeah. Uh, Whippersnapper was probably the best of the... Oh, though, we had a wee bitch called Petite Doll, which wasn't too bad either. Okay. Um, I think she was injury prone, but uh, no, she was better than what, you know... Uh, than what we saw, really. Uh, it was a bit of a shame about her. But um, Whippersnapper was uh, was a good bread and butter dog. And I had Wink at Wilkes, of yeah. course, with Ray Adcock. And, yes. Uh, um, you know, he's been my best one. He he made it through to open company. Um, I raced him with Jimmy Curtin and Darren Williams from, oh, Addington, okay. uh, from Addington Raceway. So, yeah, yeah so... Um, yeah, we had a bit of fun with him. He, he wasn't he wasn't brilliant or anything, but uh, but you know, as I said, he reached open company. Um, you know, he was a good bread and butter dog, and he and he at the race I remember, I think his best win was down at Invercargo one day when he beat Froth, which okay. wasn't a bad yeah. little dog, you know. Mm. So uh, yeah, no, he he was okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you find it hard to call your own dog, especially one called Winkett Wilkes, named after you? I did. Yeah. I did. In fact. Uh, remember one day he came around the turn about a couple of lengths in front. I thought it was the money day. I, I actually said, this is going to be the money day, and then he got run down. Oh, oh no. Awful. Um, Bob Spolensky trained dog, won it. Um, oh, him okay. and John Proudlock owned the dog that beat me, Spanish something. I just it wasn't Spanish remember. Stroll, was it? Spanish Stroll? stroll. Yeah, I been, think they had a Spanish been. Stroll. But yeah, yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. it might have been Spanish Stroll. Okay. Spanish something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Um, look, uh, we've talked about you know, how it used to be calling it at QE2. What about your commentary position here at Addington? How would you describe that? Oh, bang on. You know, you're right on the line, really. You couldn't get a better position than Addington. And, uh, you know, even though, you know, I've got a couple of finishes 
uh, wrong, um, you know, you've got to be so careful. When a dog's stopping and one's coming, you've just got to favour that one coming. It, that nine times out of ten, it gets the judge's nod, and, uh, you know, sometimes I just have a crack at it. And, you know, just the odd time you get it wrong. But, uh, you know, you feel like having a crack, don't you? Oh, no, absolutely. And, and like, as I say, these days with the technology, at least we know quite quickly if, if, if we have made a mistake. But, um, Trevor, you've got a great voice. And I, didn't know, I don't know that it's changed much over the years. I've got some old commentaries of you, and it kind of, you, 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 oh, yeah. you sound, you know, very similar now to me, certainly. And you've hardly missed a meeting. So have you done anything special to sort of look after your voice? No, nothing out of, out of the ordinary, really. Um, you know, I just make sure I've got a water there. You know, I, I, I drink a lot of water during the day, but uh, apart from that, and, and a couple of coffees. But, you know, but apart from that, no, I, I, I've done nothing extra to, to look after the voice, really. Mm. Uh, it's held up pretty well, I must say. But uh, as you said, I've only, I think I've missed one meeting in something like 30 years. So, yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean... You know, my voice has stood up pretty well, really. Yeah. Um, do you like a punt? Was, was that sort of what got you involved in the, in the first place, got you interested, like having a bet? I do like having a bet, but I don't. I, I never bet when I'm calling. I, I, I hate betting when I'm calling. I'd rather just call. You know, I've got eight dogs to look at, not just one. And, uh, you know, uh, that's one thing I won't do. And, and even though we're allowed to bet now, but I, I've just never bothered. Um, now, I think, you know, I think you're there to do a job and, you know, do it to the best of your ability mm. and uh, you can always bet when you're not working. That's yeah. my theory anyway. Yeah, and, and so, you know, you have a punt if you're sitting at home and, and, and oh, feel yeah. like it? Yeah, yeah, yep, yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. If you're out or at home, yeah, by all means. But mm. uh, I think if you're there to do a job, you're there to do a job. Um, what about some of the uh, great greyhounds at, at Addington? So in the more recent years that you've called and some of the memories you've got? Yeah, I've got a few favourites. Or oh, Cecilia Lloyd uh, was was uh, one of my favourites. Mm. He, he he was a good dog, really. He wasn't the fastest I've seen, but he's just so, um, you know, he's just so honest. He won a couple of cups. Mm. Um, of course, you've got uh, Winsome Ashley. Uh, she was outstanding. She she had speed to burn. She was probably one of the quickest I've seen actually. Winsome Ashley, and uh, and then you've got uh, dogs like Oh Opawa Shackley was good around Addington. And what about Gina Dave's uh, runners? Um, mm. um, you know, he had uh, something like eight New Zealand Cup winners, so there must have been some good ones among them. And it was good to see the little mother uh, down at Addington too. She came down and won the Oaks, and uh, no, she was outstanding. Yeah, uh, some great memories, uh, Trevor. And let's talk about a race in 2008. It was a one-off. There might yep. be a few people that never heard of it. It was called the Platinum Pause. Now, there was a, a fair bit of money around at that particular time. Uh, and there was a lot of money put into stakes across the three codes. And in Greyhound Racing, it was determined we'd run a race called Platinum Paws, and it was at Addington, so you got to call it. So what do you remember of that? It was $250,000, I believe. Yeah, it was a great stake, wasn't it? $250,000. It was a one and only, wasn't it? Yes, it was. It was the one and only uh, Platinum Paws, and uh, uh, it was won by a Brisbane dog, actually. Um, We... Sort of attracted a lot of Australian interest, didn't we? And size can matter uh, was the dog that won it. Uh, won the heat in about a thirty and thirty. Went on to win the final and beat Yamble and Jack, trained by the Schofields. And third was uh, Smash Palace. Mm. 
And uh, no, that's one race I'll never forget, really. Yeah. Mainly because of the stake, $250,000. I think at the time, at the time, I think it might have been about the richest race in Australasia. Yeah. I could be wrong, but... Yeah. Um, it was up there, no question. Yeah, yeah, it was up there. Yes, amazing. Um, so you, you, you're two weeks away from, from your mm. last call. You've mm. decided to, to retire from something you've done for, what, 43-plus mm. years. So how, how does that kind of feel? Oh, it's going to feel funny. There's no doubt about it. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to miss it. Forty-three years. It's just, you know, you know. I've had, I've had a wonderful ride. I've met a lot of lovely people. Um, you know, I've called some outstanding dogs. I'm just going to miss it. But uh, but I'll I'll view I'll view and I'll get to the track when I can. I'm just having a few health issues at the moment. I'm actually walking on a walking frame at the moment. Mm. So I'm hoping. That, that comes right. My neurologist uh, seems to think it will. Yep. Uh, fingers crossed. But uh, health is, you know, so, just so important, and that's one of the reasons why I'm pulling the plug. I haven't felt good since last January, actually. Mm. So, uh, yeah. But um, anyway, um, yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed, it come right. Let, let's assume that your, your health does come good, yep. and um, we certainly wish you well for that. Um, I know that you've been a fixture of the. Westport meeting on the coast mm. for, for many, many years. Is that sort of something you'd like to, to, to keep up? To carry on if I can. If I can, I certainly will. I, you know, as long as they want me. Um, yeah, I certainly will. I, you know, the great people over there. I've had 20-odd tw- years going over there. I just love it. The people are fantastic. Um, it's one of the better clubs in the country, I think, Westport. So, mm. uh, yeah, hopefully I can continue. If I can't, well... So be it, but um, I just, I, I just, I'm just hoping I can. Well, at least so. these days we can watch them on the telly, I suppose. But yeah. there's nothing like being there, especially no. for those races like the no. Coast Circuit. Um, you've been known to do a few racing trips as well. As, as yep. yeah, what have you got to tick off? Let's, as I say, let's assuming your your health's 100 percent and you've got the opportunity. What would you like to do in the next couple of years? I'd love to go to a Japan Cup, and uh, and and uh, the only other thing I'd, that's on the bucket list really is uh, go to Las Vegas. I've mm. always wanted to do it. Um, I was booked to go in 2020, and then yeah. COVID comes. So, yeah. um, unfortunate, but I'm I'm sure I'm not the only one in that boat. But uh, you know, if the health comes back, um, I'll certainly uh, consider a trip uh, a trip to uh, Las Vegas. Mm. Um, Trevor, I'm going to have uh, Philippa Morris on the show um, not too long from now, and and she called a meeting, uh, first full meeting for a female commentator on on Thursday at Cambridge Raceway. What advice would you give to young budding commentators in 2022? Yeah, look, you know, uh, the only advice I can give you is uh, just stick to the, you know, just stick to it. Um, it's hard getting a break. I, I had to wait a wee while to get a break, but I got a lucky break at the, at the right time. Um, so, look, it's a wonderful, you know, it's a great job. If you, if you want to be a caller and you think you've got it, uh, just stick to it and uh, I'm sure the break will come. You know, it's... Uh, it's a fantastic job. It's a well-paid job, as we know, Rosso. And, uh, you know, you're getting paid for what you love doing. So, you know, it can't be any better. So just stick to it. I know there's a few budding young commentators out there. So, you know, my advice is just, you know, there's no better job. So we've got Andy McCook, uh, who will come in and take over that role at, uh, at Christchurch. But Trevor, so far, since I got involved in greyhound racing in the early 80s, the only voice I've really known in greyhound racing is yours. Uh, and I want to thank you 
um, personally and publicly for inviting me into your commentary box, uh, for giving me opportunities. You weren't away very often. You said you only missed one meeting for years. I think I did a 20 race meeting here one day when we used to do those on a Tuesday. Um, but thank you very much for what you've offered uh, to me uh, and to other people. And I know that the crew really enjoy working with you. So on behalf of us all, uh, thanks very much, Trevor, for everything that you've offered to us. Oh, thanks very much, Rosso. And uh, yeah, and thanks to everyone out there for allowing me to be, be in your living rooms. Mm. And uh, it's been a, a great pleasure calling uh, for the last 43 years. Awesome. That's Trevor Wilkes. Uh, Trevor, the commentator for the Christchurch Greyhound Racing Club. His final meeting will be on the 14th of July. It's a dual code meeting. It's a fantastic meeting, actually, at South Island Champs Night, Canterbury for Charity. There's a new race coming up we'll talk about soon, too. Um, and I know that there's I know there's a busload coming in from uh, Kaipoi, for example, Trevor, for your final meeting, which is fantastic. And we're going to have a commentator's day on Monday, the 11th, as well. So we'll catch up with you then. Thanks very much, Roger. So that's Trevor Wilkes. And um, as I say, yeah, looking forward to the, the, the next couple of weeks and the, and the activities as we uh, mark the end and celebrate the, um, the career of Trevor Wilkes. We're going to talk to Philippa Morris, who's at the other end of the uh, commentating spectrum. She's just getting uh, involved, if you'd like. And shortly, we're going to catch up with uh, Michael Daw, the um, Racing Operations and Welfare Manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand got a few things to discuss with him. That's going to happen on Dog Speed soon. Check out lovegreyhounds.org.nz. Yes, indeed. Enjoyed my chat with uh, Trevor Wilkes. And not too long from now, we'll have a chat with Philippa Morris. But right now, from Greyhound Racing New Zealand, going to welcome in uh, Michael Dorr. Michael's the Racing Operations and Welfare Manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand. Michael, uh, I'm going to make an apology for your voice. I haven't heard it just yet, but I understand you uh, were at the rugby last night, All Blacks over Ireland. Yes, it, uh, there wasn't wasn't a lot of voice uh, left uh, as, as I woke up this morning. I've been uh, been treating it pretty kindly uh, in the last couple of hours, hopefully uh, to last this uh, this last interview. Yes, well, uh, Trevor Wilkes' voice we've had for uh, for forty three years, and we're a couple of weeks from uh, from him uh, pulling down the curtain at Christchurch. And uh, Michael, will be uh, be a little bit strange actually having a Christchurch meeting and and not Trevor's voice. Ah. Uh, Correct. You know, he's been back to back to the Kiwi two days. Uh, he's been part of everything in Christchurch, Canterbury Greyhound Racing uh, for for as long as I've known Canterbury Greyhound Racing. So yeah, it's going to be a be a different world without him. I did an interview uh, for Trackside with Trevor prior to the show today, and uh, we're talking about the future of Greyhound Racing. And um, one of the things Trevor said um, he thought was uh, a really good innovation, Michael, was the prevent. Uh, the preferential box draw races that are happening at the moment and you've been trialling them in Class 1 starting out at Addington and sort of rolling them out now further around the country. So let's talk about this preferential box draw where the greyhounds effectively get drawn into the boxes that suit them the most for uh, hopefully cleaner racing. First and foremost, what have you made of the trial so far? Uh, We've been very, very pleased with the trials so far, Um, Mark. Uh, right, the, the very first race uh, was a great, great advertisement at Anakin. Um The dogs ran in lanes, and uh, very uh, stripendary stewards' report said no incidents. So that was, <laughs> it was just magnificent. And uh, the, you know, if, as a punter in harness racing, no one likes seeing the horse gallop. No one likes seeing their dog knock sideways and out of the race after two seconds. Uh, PBD races that uh, that doesn't happen. Uh, every dog, every dog is advantaged compared to the the random box draw system because there's, there's no such thing as a bad draw, and that was borne out. The very first race at, at Addington was won by Box Four, the first at Monaco Box Four, first at Cambridge Box Four, 
Uh, first in the cargo box five. In fact, we've only won three down there. All, all three were won by box five. Palmerston also stuck the trend with, with dog one winning. So, you know, it, 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 it has been very, very good. So when you analyse them, you go back and watch these races, and then do you adjust the um, preferences for any of the dogs in terms of if, if a dog's, um, you know, drawn the inside but actually has been wandering out from the inside, do you, do you change that determination? Yes, yes, we do. So we would, uh, out of expedience, to get to get the uh, the trial started, instead of spending hours categorising every dog ourselves, we just simply ask the trainers to, to choose one of three: Rayla, straight, wide, pretty straightforward. Uh, but then we can we can reallocate to, uh, to, to, to a total of seven categories, uh, from determined Rayla right through to extra wide. And if you think of those two uh, those two extremes, for a dog to be a determined Rayla. Um, I don't need it to crash down the rail. I simply need it to be able to go around the corner hard against the rail in traffic without panicking. Some dogs get claustrophobic. If they're inside other dogs, they want the rail. Well, I, I can't really have them in, uh, wearing the red rug. And the other extreme, the extremely wide runners, some of the big 35-kilogram-plus boys, they're a bit, un- bit unco on the corner, or they can't go around the corner. Some dogs have never learned to change strides to get around the corner. Well, putting the pink rug on them, they simply make the track wider. Indeed. Now, have have you done any analysis on these PBD races and the effects on the turnover? How are the turnovers looking for these races? Is it the same? Is it better? Is it worse? Where where are we at there? Uh, p- 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 pretty much the same. It is uh, the uh, our, we've got regular cycles. You know, it's been Monday and Tuesday racing at Eddington, and we've had Monday and Tuesday racing at Eddington for, for a long time. The turnovers are just consistently what they have been, so it's certainly uh, certainly not putting anybody off. Are there any uh, people who are pushing back against it? Are there are there any 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 knockers? How are you finding it in terms of the trainers, the owners, and the clubs putting on these races? Uh, very uh, excellent. The feedback's been good. Um, week one, week one at Addington, what did we have? I think we started off with six six races straight um, straight away, and there was still a couple of. Uh, I think there might have been three C1s run on the Tuesday with the random box draw. Uh, by, by week three, the, the, nobody wanted the random box draws. Um, every, everybody was in uh, going, for, going for the PVD. Um, there's a couple of things to, to sort out. Obviously, we started off, we, we don't have reserves um, in, in, in these races. That had just added a level of complexity that would have just slowed everything down. Uh, but you know we, we are getting scratchings and, and some smaller fields, and there's been it's a great thing. A number of people have come through with ideas as to how we could put reserves on the um, on the PV. So we'll we'll, we'll be exploring uh, exploring that. But no, there's um, everybody is, uh, is is on board at the moment. So Michael, where do you plan to go with these? I mean, the class one sprinters is what we've got the most of, and that that's where you've started. But do you expect that this will expand? Could potentially this become all racing in the future? Uh, yeah, the the, 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 the the future is 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 wide open. We're just uh, compiling. We're we're nearly up to a thousand starters in in, in PBD races, um, and obviously with 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 the dogs running where they like to be, um, we we are significantly reducing collisions in racing. In races, reduced collisions means less injuries, and so we're sitting here now with, with there's only been four injuries above a 10-day stand down. That would that would be sort of 15 to 25 in in, um, in random box draw races. So that's a that, that, that's a big plus. That's you know, 
everybody gains in, in, in that sense. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll be reporting to the board uh, this month, the Racing Committee of the Board, um, and uh, yeah, pushing to, to, to expand it to, to, to other grades. Michael, before you, we let you go, I want to talk about some uh, some races we've got upcoming. A new race celebrating Ray Adcock, uh, the great Ray Adcock, um, the Ray Adcock Memorial $20,000 race, uh, 732-metre race, I believe, coming up on uh, South Holland Champs Canterbury Futurity, that premier night in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well, obviously, Ray, another, um, like Trevor, an icon uh, of Greyhound Racing. Everybody in Greyhound Racing knew Ray. And we sadly lost him this season. Uh, the Christchurch Club were naturally very keen to, to, to get a, a, a name of race after Ray and also quite keen to be able to do it um, this season. We have been running uh, $15,000 sprint, feature sprints and distance races at premier meetings that didn't already have one. And uh, with the South Island Champs, the Canterbury Futurity on uh, July the 14th, uh, the distance race there wasn't there was no traditional um, race, so they thought that would be a great one to... Name the board agreed to yeah twenty thousand dollars for that race the Ray Adcock Memorial and uh, it'll it'll become feature on that night uh, in, in in years to come. Mm, terrific and um, also with the um, Otago Club no longer having a home at, at Fulbury Park but they had a meeting not so long ago down there at uh, at Ascot Park and in Invercargill so races like uh, the Colin Keane Memorial at Group Two level uh, and the Dunedin Chap um, what's going to happen with those? Yeah they have they. Have, Obviously, we haven't run them this season with um, Otago coming in on Sunday, July 31, racing at uh, Adam Picardie, as you say, the second meeting of the season. Uh, we thought, well, we, we really do want to run these races. Um, so the Colin Keane Memorial will be run on that day, over 457 metres, and we don't really want to run, not, not have a Dunedin Cup. So the Dunedin Cup's going to be over 390 metres for the sprinters, or well, it's a pretty long sprint, um, on that same day. Uh, because of the proximity of that big premier meeting on the 14th of July, uh, we considered uh, run, running heats uh, to lead into it, but well, it's, it's just going to clash too too close to the Premier. So we'll, we're going to run both those races, the Colin Keane Memorial Group 2, 457 as an invitation, and the Dunedin Cup as a 390-metre sprint also as an, as, as, as an invitation. Uh, so so the, the best dogs uh, will be able to get into it. Excellent, Michael. Hey, um, look, thanks for you, that information and also for your thoughts around the uh, preferential box draw, one of the most uh, interesting things to have happened in greyhound racing in the last few years. Thank you. That's uh, Michael Dorr, uh, the uh, Racing Operations and Welfare Manager at Greyhound Racing New Zealand. We thank him for his time this morning. Now, it is uh, coming up 18 minutes away from midday and very shortly we'll chat up with uh, Philippa Morris. Now, Philippa, commentated the Waikato Greyhound Racing Club's meeting uh, in its entirety. She was the designated caller for that full meeting on Thursday just gone. We're going to chat to her about that and what the future holds. We'll do that right after this. In the home straight here on Dog Speed with Mark Rosanowski this morning, our final guest of the show is uh, Philippa Morris. Thursday was an historical day because uh, Philippa was the designated caller for the Waikato meeting. She did the full meeting there uh, at Cambridge Raceway. So we thought um, on a day where we have uh, had a chat to, uh, to Trevor Wilkes at the end of his commentating career that we might catch up with someone who's at the other end of the spectrum and that is uh, Philippa. Philippa Morris, good morning to you. Morning, Narozzo. How are you this morning? Uh, you look doing well here. Uh, Canterbury Frost, look, I grew up with him, but um, I'd, I'd forgotten just how uh, crisp it can be uh, in the mornings down here, but just a glorious uh, day nonetheless and uh, snow on the Alps. Let's go back to Thursday, uh, Philippa. Look, just what was the day 
like for you in the commentary box doing the entire card for the first time? It was really amazing, to be honest, Rosso. I tried to not let the nerves get the better of me. As you know, I'm a person that can. So I just tried to treat it like it was going to be any other day for me calling. But I have to say, getting up there and, and doing it and, and calling the last with dogs like Mustang, Charlie and Pedro Lee. And I think I battled my way through and it came out pretty pleased in the end. I, I know that you uh, analyse your, your races. You've been building up to this for, for a couple of years and doing um, races on track and also uh, remotely in the studio. Um, so listening back to it and looking back at your first full card, um, yeah, what, sort of, what sort of a mark did you give yourself? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm always hard on myself. <laughs> I'll probably give myself a 5 out of 10. I still think I've held the, my nerves a bit well and, and my voice as far as that goes, but just missed a few dogs and just took a little bit to find my rhythm, I think. Even just small things like doing quaddy previews from the other side of the track before prepping and just little things that threw me off. So I've still got plenty that I would love to improve on and even just changing up certain things. But I'll give myself a 5 out of 10. I've battled my way through and I still feel like I, I gave it my best. Oh, well, well, I'm going to give you more points than that, and I'm sure <laughs> others would too, Philippa. But uh, look, it's, it's, I think it's good being your, your, your harshest critic uh, yourself. I think it's uh, stood you in good stead so far. Um, in terms of the day itself, um, I believe you had a, uh, a seven-sharp crew uh, there and that you may be appearing on that program uh, at some stage this week, and that must have been just a little bit of added extra pressure too. Yeah, it really was. I think that was the, the key difference that I was trying to not let get to me. It's a little bit different even presenting on trackside, uh, being on the other side of the camera and having someone follow you. And as you know, Rosso, there is many, many stairs up to the commentary box at Cambridge, and they followed me through every step, <laughs> uh, having to stop and, and, and do it again. So look, there was that little bit of pressure, but it's great. I think it's great that we're getting some mainstream attention for female sport callers, obviously myself being the first woman in racing to do it here in New Zealand. And it's just great to pick that up and, and see the greyhounds as well. And they got plenty of good shots of the dog. So just hopefully we get some nice publicity out of it. Yeah, when can we expect to see that, you know? It's supposed to be on Tuesday, seven sharp on Tuesday, I'm told. Okay, and recently they did a, a really good story out of uh, the Waikato Club uh, as well there, uh, with uh, with Jenny Bartlett and her team and Georgie Clark Club president and the um, the retired uh, Greyhounds going back uh, to the race day. So um, yeah, good on them. Uh, seven sharp. So we'll look out for that on Tuesday. Philip, the racing itself. Look, you talked about that last race, and I thought you captured it really nicely because um, we had an upset result. Uh, a really good dog won it called Allegro Mars, um, but he's run past two of the best in the business, uh, Mustang Charlie and, and, and Pedro Lee. And, of course, uh, Boy Kiddis is a very good dog uh, himself. What was it like calling a race like that? Was that the real highlight of the day for you? Oh, absolutely. And just the way that it turned out as well, I thought maybe Boy Kiddis was going to hold the win, Rosa, with him finding the front and then seeing Mustang Charlie fly down the outside and then next thing I just saw Mars coming out of nowhere. So it really was a highlight. It was a race that didn't disappoint. And when you had a look at the head-on and, and the knock that Mars took as well with Pedro Lee to still get around and win. So it was really phenomenal. And even then Pedro Lee pushing up the inside. So I don't think I could have asked to a better end for the day, really. So, Philippa, um, just give us a little bit of background for people who don't um, know your background in racing. Certainly greyhounds, you, you actually pretty much grew up with them, right? I certainly did, yes. We got our first greyhound when I was about seven years old. Dad always 
trained thoroughbreds first and they got out of that for a little while and they were correction officers and they used to drive into Waikaria and pass these greyhound trainers on the side of the road who turned out to be Tom and Jill McGillivray and dad stopped and talked to them and we ended up getting a puppy and the rest is history so I've been in it a little while and started training since I was 15 and before I got the job at Trackside. Yeah, amazing. Um, and and recently, uh, your parents have got a, a really good dog called Mr. Fahrenheit, who ran in the Duke of Edinburgh Silver Collar, our most famous racer, and, and, and ran third. And, and you were presenting on track that day at Monaco. What was that experience like for you? I was absolutely thrilling. And I have to say, I was calling for him throughout, throughout the race. And it's always been a dream of mum and dad's to have a dog in the Silver Collar. And of course, being their child, you kind of pick that up with them as well. And and hope that you can just get a dog to even make the final. So for him to not even just make the final, but to run the kind of race that he did, it's, it's got to be one of the highlights, I think. Well, it is our highlight, certainly, as far as training greyhounds and, and being involved in that side of things. Philippa, back in the day, we had uh, greyhounds that hurdled. We had jumps races. They were spectacular. And uh, and your parents were very prominent in, uh, in racing some of the, the, the better hurdlers of the day as well. Yeah, they certainly were. They had Adanui Flash, who won the Hurdler of the Year, which we got off Mike Boyd, and he was a, a real big player with mum and dad as far as getting those hurdle dogs and helping them out. And They were just, um, we used to love watching them. I think we trifected a race once, which I'll kindly say I beat mum and dad <laughs> uh, when I trained one, and they got second and third. But yeah, I did miss the hurdles. You can see why, I think, with welfare and stuff now, why they were taken out, but we definitely did have some handy hurdlers, and it was great actually seeing the trainers and handlers having to jump the hurdles on the way to the boxes, I think. <laughs> uh, indeed. Now, in, in terms of your commentaries, do you want to be a commentator? Is it a sideline to your presenting, or, or how do you see it going forward? I think originally it was a, a definitely a sideline thing for me. I still absolutely love presenting, and it's not something that I would want to step away from and do commentary full time, but I would certainly say do commentary like 50-50. I think I'd be very happy with something like that, maybe Thursdays at Cambridge, eventually Rosso, where it could be a permanent gig, and then the rest of it presenting. As far as giving it up completely and becoming a straight commentator, I don't think I could do it. I just uh, love covering many meetings, I think. And what's the future or the near future hold for you? Have you got another uh, full meeting coming up? Obviously, you do uh, a few most Wednesdays. I have. I've got uh, Thursday coming up. Unfortunately, Aaron White's uh, got a close contact there, so he's out for the Thursday coming. So I'll be heading straight back down and straight back into the box to call a full card, Rosso. And then uh, in the end of this month as well, I'll be calling a Friday night at Palmerston North. So quite looking forward to going back down to the uh, Central Districts and, and calling a full meeting there been involved in thoroughbred racing as well as you mentioned there what about any ambition to commentate uh, horses of either code oh I, I i filled in for the trials and i found the thoroughbreds so hard i take my hat off i have to say to the commentators that learn all the colors and everything with the thoroughbreds but i would never say no Rosa. i'm always up for a challenge so uh, i said yes to covering the trials and look you just never know what can happen i think if I was good enough for the job, I could try that. But Greyhounds at this stage is certainly where the passion lies. Now, Philippa, we've got a, a minute left here. I know you're presenting today and you'll be covering the uh, the Auckland Greyhound Racing Club's meeting at Monaco. And I'm sure you've probably sorted out a winner or two. Is there something you can throw us uh, for our listeners at the end of the show for today? I quite like Medusa Who. She's in box number eight, I believe, in race number six today. Just the way that she ran last, I only picked up by a head. I think the way that the field's drawn up as well, Rosso, she's knocking on the door for a win. So I made her the best bit of the day. And then I really like Zoe Starr. 
Hartley. She's in race nine off the ace alley and just really loves the ace alley from her. She was luckless last time from an outside draw, and she's 6.50, so I did think she was value in that race. Okay, couple we've noted down there, Philippa. Look, thank you for that. Uh, look, congratulations on what happened there on, on Thursday, a, a truly historical day, and you did um, grasp it, and you did way better than a five. <laughs> thank you very much, Robert. And again, thank you for all your help getting me to that point. If it wasn't for you and the likes of Aaron White and everyone else behind the scenes getting me to uh, even be confident enough to take it on, I wouldn't be where I want. So thank you. Yeah, indeed. I know like uh, Marianne Twentyman and uh, and before her, Michelle Peckle has been right behind you and George Simon, of course, has helped as well. So, um, look, it was um, it was just a, a pleasure to witness what happened on Thursday. Now we can look forward to uh, this coming Thursday as well. We wish Aaron White well and, geez, a few in our presenter and commentators teams at the moment that are just under the weather a bit. Matt Cross has been amazing. He went up to Ruakaki yesterday. He's back calling it Addington today. That has been dog speed for today and I'll be back next week. Until then... Dog speed to you. It's Ty Power's Big Footy final sale. To kick things off, you can get the power to buy three and get one free on selected Toyo passenger car and SUV tyres. Ty Power's Big Footy final sale can't last. Visit typower.com.au now.